Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. everyone to Jumping Bomb Audio, the podcast all about the world of Joshi Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I am joined, as always, here by my co-host, Kelly. Kelly, how's it going? I am ready for everything to go perfectly and for the recording to not destroy itself somehow. And Zencaster, you better behave. We live in perpetual fear that one of these weeks I'm going to have to tweet out, we made a great episode that was sent into the vortex and will never be heard by anyone. Just imagine the best possible episode we could have, and that's it. That's the one that there was. There was. Yes, that is the guarantee that I will hit the stop recording button. I'll go, that's the best episode we've ever done. And the system will go, we didn't record it. <laughs> I guess I also live in fear of not hitting the record button, but yeah, you know, I'm pretty good with that. I've got some yeah. practice on that one. So my, I also well, like never want to drop like some really good points and have some good hot takes. And then I look and I've been muted the whole time. <laughs> That's also a fear. I, I think on a two person podcast, if you were muted, it would it would come out. Uh, it would come out pretty quickly. Yeah, that's true. As one person sits and talks to themselves. Yeah. Hey, what do you think? Oh, they're not there. I'll just keep talking. Uh, well, speaking of our Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter at JBomb Audio. You can follow me on my personal Twitter, Tay Mambo, or Kelly on his at Comic Geek Kelly. You can also subscribe uh, and follow the show on your favorite podcast app. And if that favorite podcast app is Apple Podcasts, we ask you, please give us a five-star rating and review. It would really help. And if you really want to be helpful, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping bomb audio. And we are going to get right into it. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to lead off talking about the Ice Ribbon Corican Hall show from this weekend. Uh, that just happened on the 18th. Oh We're my then God, gonna... it's not stardom. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> We're then going to dive into stardom, though, ah. and cover all the action from the last two weeks of the very busy five-star Grand Prix and also cover what's coming up. And of course, as always, we'll cover everything in between, everything that's happened in the past two weeks and all of the shows that are coming up in the next two weeks. So we'll start right away. Ice Ribbon had their most recent Corican Hall show, Ice Ribbon 1145 Ribbon Nokishi at Corican Hall in front of 319 fans. First of all, Kelly, overall, what'd you think of the show? I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was a pretty, pretty solid show. And then like the main event happened and I was like, all right, cool. This show fucking rocks. Uh, I was uh, about the same. I think maybe I was a little bit higher on the show 
<clears throat> before that than you, I have uh, one match that I really enjoyed that we'll talk about in a second. But I also agree a really strong main event, which I'm sure we'll talk about a lot when we get there. But can, can starting... we talk about just Nico and what the fuck was going on in the beginning of this show with the countdown or the counting the clock in the corner and then the one camera had the weird lines? Did, did you get that on your version? I don't think I did get that. I did not have that. Mine, I, I mean, Nico is sort of what Nico is at this point where I found during, and we'll talk about this uh, in a little bit, during the chain match that it was very, I have fairly good internet, I think. It usually streams very well and I have no problems. I cannot stream Nico quality-wise above anything better than like, I can make out, the ring and the wrestlers. <laughs> and it was like, it's a chain match. And oftentimes I was like, I cannot tell in the ring where the chains are. Oh, Jesus. I was able to, g- this, this is the best streaming quality I've probably ever had for Nico. Like I got it up to the, the one MB, what like, cause they have the weird, like it's, it's never like how like stardom does it where it's like 360 P 540 P whatever. is like, 384 and then like 1 MB and 2 MB. I had mine at 1 MB and that was like the best I've ever had it where it's like I can actually like make out faces and things like it looked all right. Yeah, I usually have to sit at 384 because I try and go up and the minute I go up it's like it's just going to buffer every 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, and I so... it started going okay. And I just did not touch anything. I just left the lap. I didn't touch the laptop. I didn't touch the mouse. I was like, cool, it's working. I'm not going to mess with it at all. If I have to get up, I'm going to do it in between matches because I'm not pausing. Yeah, and it's also, I know a couple months ago, they Ice Ribbon had one of their Korokens on. I don't remember which streaming service it was, but it was outside of Nico. And I remember it went so well and the quality was really good. And they were even advertising. Like when they were selling the show, they were like, hey, we're going to be on this uh, streaming service, this pay-per-view service, whatever it's called. And the quality is going to be better than Nico. <laughs> and then seemingly they, I think maybe they've had one other show on there, but they haven't really gone back. And I'm like, that worked out so well. I don't know. Maybe monetarily it didn't make any sense, maybe. but I was like, that's what I want. Like the quality was good. It was really like everything worked well. I had no issues. And that was a show. I think I live, like literally I live streamed oh, wow. as it was happening. Okay. And I was like, this is really good. And then they were like, back to Nico. And I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. What, so like for the first couple of matches on my, the ver- on the stream I watched on Nico, they like the floor camera, had in the upper right hand corner there was a little clock counting up so i assume it was on the camera like how much they had recorded that day and then on like any really like white thing like if it the light shined on a wrestler's skin or like if the the ring mat where there are white parts there was just these little like black lines going down it almost like it looked like the pattern on like a referee's shirt it was so obnoxious. <laughs> and then like, I think they realized something was wrong because then there is a couple matches in the middle where they did not use that camera and it was hard cam only. And then I think around the chain match, I want to say it was 
the uh, they went back to using the camera at the ringside too, or so no, it was before the IW nineteen title match. So like there was something wrong with that camera, and they finally figured out what it was, and then sent him back out or something. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Actually, now that you say that, I think I did see the numbers in the corner, but I think I just sort of was like, ah, it's like whatever, and that didn't really bother me. But I don't know that I saw the lines. Yeah, that, um, they were weird. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it was just like there was something up because it was only with that one camera. But Nico, always doing good. Yes, but I think the lesson is, and as we just said, we both like the show, you know, wish it was on slightly better service. Yeah. Where you could probably convince more people. I think it's very hard generally to convince people to watch things on Nico. Oh yeah. I can't like tell any of my friends to be like, Hey, okay, here's what you do to watch this show. <laughs> yeah. You go in and you buy points and you'll end up with more points than you need. So you'll always have like 100 extra points that won't do you any good. Oh my God. I almost bought the wrong show. I was I stopped myself from being the angriest person in the world. <laughs> oh, man. I, I guess they have a show like tomorrow that's happening. Yes. Yeah. And I almost pressed purchase on that one instead. And I was like, wait a minute. It's cheaper than it was before. Hold on a sec. <laughs> I looked at the day. I'm like, no, no, no. You can't trick me. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, the show, the wrestling itself, the first match, Sayori Ano and Suzu Suzuki uh, defeated Akane Fujita and Mochi Miyagi in nine minutes and ten seconds. Kelly, what'd you think of this opening match? I thought it was good. Like, it was a really good opener. Uh, I really, really like Suzu and Saori as a tag team. They're a lot of fun. Uh, did you know that Sariano is currently playing Catwoman in a Batman Ninja stage play? I think I had seen that somewhere. I think when it was initially, um, maybe when it was initially announced, I saw it. I don't remember when, but yes, that does sound <laughs> that does sound familiar. I'm really just fascinated by the popularity of Batman Ninja in Japan because, like, they tried once here, like, they brought over the movie and did a lackluster job at that because the translation of it, they didn't even actually have, like, the script. So they just kind of guessed what everyone was saying. So, but, like, it's still, like, big over in Japan. They're still doing stuff with it, but they just don't even bother to bring any of it over here anymore. The only Batman sort of Japanese Batman stuff I know of is the when they did the manga. Oh, hell yeah. Um, the 60s manga? Which I, which I have. Um, but what is... Stuff. I don't even know what Batman Ninja is. Is it just Batman who's a ninja as well? Yeah, pretty much. Like, it's Batman and, like, the samurai era kind of stuff. And they did, a, they did a movie, like an anime, and then they brought it over here, like I said, and they barely tried with the adaptation of it and it's still going strong like last i saw they were doing like a weekly manga of it and there was a giant mech suit uh joker running around so they're having fun with it and now they're doing that stage play interesting although it's not it's also not unusual to see a lot of these joshi wrestlers do stuff like that because there are you know actress girls is the big one but you know 
there is an element of sort of acting. Yeah. I feel like more common than like in men's, you know, wrestling in Japan to have these, you know, sort of like acting side, you know, actress girls that have Makai is yeah, a big I was gonna one. Say, Makai is the whole, that kind of thing too. And I feel like this is not the first time that I've seen like a, one of the wrestlers is like, oh, I'm also in this separate show at the same time. I mean, yeah. I know she was injured. I don't know if that affected her being in the show, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you. I thought it was a fun match. I also really like Suzu Suzuki. And I think Ice Ribbon has done a really good job. Of, she lost the title last year. Obviously, uh, last year was the big year for her. She ha- she was really the main focus of a major storyline of the company, won the title, and then lost the title. And I think it'd be, be very... Um, you might expect that, you know, she moves back down the card and the thought is, oh, she'll just go do sort of whatever. She's gotten this title reign to establish herself and then will come back to her later. But it has felt to me, I feel like they've done a really good job of sort of keeping her as a sort of quote unquote main character of the promotion. Like she still feels, even though this is the opening match of this uh, show, it has felt over the past few months that she still feels very vital to the promotion, even though she doesn't have the title, you know, she had the hardcore series. She's now in this tag, uh, this tag team. So I think that they've done a really good job sort of keeping her momentum going and not losing it from last year. Yeah, that's true. That's actually a really like underrated thing of a company where it's like, you need to keep your top people still doing something even when they're not in the main event picture. And yeah, no, they've done a great job of that with Suzu giving her the hardcore stuff. And now like, all right, cool. Now you have a tag team. Here you go. And it like, it doesn't feel forced. Like it works really well. They have great chemistry. Yeah. And I think that is a strength, you know, obviously in this case, but with ice ribbon as a whole, I think that that is one of their strengths that they do do very well in creating these sort of stories that, keep these wrestlers feeling important even when they're not, you know, fighting for a title in the immediate future or, you know, at a current show. Um, you know, there's a number of people who, you know, like Maya Yukihi, some people in other, it might be like, oh, you're off to the tag, you know, oh, you had the title, singles title, now you're off to the tag division and you'll sort of just hang out there. But she has felt still important. You know, Risa Sarah has felt important, obviously, Suzu, as we just talked about. So I think it's been I think they've done an admirable job um, with that while also debuting new people and also having these title programs. Man, what a well-booked promotion. (laughs) Like, I haven't really thought about it that hard, but man, (laughs) good work. It's a promotion that I sort of, you know, I'm glad that we're talking about it now because I often feel like these shows happen to either fall on, you know, like the day that we're recording so we don't have time to watch it or they happen and then they air on Samurai a week and a half later. And by that point, they're already sort of old news. So I'm really happy to have this show to talk about because I think they are a promotion that I wish was talked about more. Cause I think that they have done a good job and they deserve eyeballs on what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. 
The second match of the show was an eight-person tag. Asahi, Miku, Aono, Natsumi, and Saran defeated Banio Kawa, Cherry, Totoro, Satsuki, and Yappy. Uh, this was a match I thought was fun. It's so funny to me that I have seen Natsumi wrestle now a number of times. Uh, she's been in Ice Ribbon for a little bit. But for some reason in my head, I cannot get a mental image of like a different wrestler. I guess it's because Natsumi Maki is like oh, small. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, Natsumi must be a small wrestler. And she's obviously not as, you know, in terms of her height, she's not a small wrestler. And I always see her and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what she looks like. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's just sort of a side point having nothing to do with the quality of the match. I thought that the match was really fun. Natsumi getting the victory over Yappy, uh, which was exciting. But, you know, this is sort of the, the, opener of the sh- you know opener of the show the first match on this show had some big names in it so it's a little bit different but this was sort of like a get some people on the card get some experience for these younger wrestlers so i thought it was solid but nothing really major uh going on here i was surprised to see natsumi like pick up the win because she's still really pretty new isn't she yeah she is new but i think you know she has the aja kong backing yeah, that's true. Uh, sort of behind her. And I think that, you know, it's always interesting because she's coming from, she's a zero one zero one. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I don't watch all that much zero one. I watch maybe one zero one show a year, which is usually their new year show. Um, so I don't really know how their booking work, but it could it works, but it could be that, you know, they debut her. They think she's good. And they're like, Hey, we want to, you know, booster start boosting her up the card because we're not we don't want to wait um it's just sort of a different promotions have different strategies and maybe their strategy is like hey we don't want to be sitting on this person for a year or whatever having them lose all these matches let's try and you know see what happens i don't know that could be it or it could just be a one-off you know give her a win in this sort of small match but we'll have to see and you know i'm expecting that she'll be coming back often she already has been yeah because uh, i think the only match i've seen of hers in zero one was her debut against aja kong earlier this year and everything else i've seen of her is from ice ribbon well yeah because zero one doesn't have any other they don't have any other female not really <laughs> wrestlers on the roster i mean aja kong but you can't just run that match every and then like asuka uh, but she doesn't really wrestle women for the most part yeah. in that company. So it's one of those things where they almost have to go out um and get experience elsewhere. Yeah. It's like the people who are in um 2AW cuz that's a very similar thing where I feel like the 2AW people just wrestle everywhere else and I never hear any discussion about their matches in their home promotion. No. <laughs> no, that's very true. So, yeah. but overall, I, overall, I thought a strong, I thought a strong showing from everyone, but just nothing, you know, nothing sticking out here for me. No, I think uh, Saran still needs work, but she's like a literal child. So there's plenty of time there. <laughs> yeah, a literal child and also still fairly new. Yeah. 
uh, still fairly young, and I would assume would be in this position because she's so young for at least a little bit, a little while longer. I don't think she'll be like Natsumi picking up victories. Yeah, uh, I do enjoy that her gear is just like, I got some sweet cargo pants. The third match, uh, and technically the third and fourth <laughs> matches on the card, uh, were Aja Kong against Yuki Mashiro. Uh, Aja Kong winning in 10 seconds uh, with a lockup. Um, there was some discussion after the submission in a lockup after 10 seconds. The match was restarted. The gotcha belt, I believe, was put on the line. And Aja Kong won again with uh, one again in two minutes and 46 seconds. They tried to give her the uh, gotcha belt that she had technically won and she uh, rejected it. Uh, so Kelly, what did you think of, what'd you think of this Aja Kong match? I thought this was a lot of fun. Uh, the initial tap out is what I've thought many times. If I was like, you know, in the era of Teddy Long being the GM on SmackDown, being like, you get to face The Undertaker. I'd be like, yeah, cool. All right, I'm going to tap out in 10 seconds. Cool, we're done. All right, bye. Have a good main <laughs> event. But yeah, no, I thought that was brilliant. I love that. And then just the end with Asha Kong being like, I don't want your shitty build. Yeah, I thought this was, you know, that sort of Aja Kong versus overwhelmed rookie is sort of a staple of Joshi. I think in the past, I've sort of, you know, all these promotions do them. They sort of all happen the same way. You know, you sort of have the plucky rookie who who takes it to Aja Kong at the beginning. They get a little offense and then Aja Kong wins pretty easily at the end. So I enjoyed that this was sort of a, a sidestep of that sort of thing. Took me by surprise when the you know, submission happened in 10 seconds. Um I was like, oh, this is different. What's happening? Uh, and then they had a very quick match. So, you know, it's only in combined ring time between, quote unquote, two matches less than three minutes. So hard to really say a lot. But I thought it was fun. Um, you know, a little lighthearted uh, match before we got into the more sort of serious title matches on the top of the top of the card. I really enjoyed the referee explaining to Aja Kong that the tap out happened. She's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. She tapped out. <laughs> the uh, fourth, I'll count it as the fourth match. The first of the title matches was the IWGQ title match uh, where Sakushi Haruka defeated Hamika Hoshi to win back the IWGQ title in 10 minutes and 56 seconds. This is a match I thought was really, really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think Sakushi is perennially one of the most underrated wrestlers in all of Joshi, really in all of wrestling. I think she's really good. She has really fun offense, and I think that she's very good at having good matches with a variety of different opponents. She doesn't need to have you know a certain style, her own style of match. She's very good at sort of fitting in her offense, fitting in her style around a number of different um, opponents. She had the match with uh, Nanai Takahashi um, at their big show, which I thought was really good. Um, and of course, this match, I went four stars on this match. I just thought it was a, a lot of fun. Um, 
you know, I went in expecting a good match and it really uh, still managed to impress me. And so I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a really, really strong match. And up to this point, the best match on the show. Yeah, I like this one a lot. I went uh, three and a half. Uh, Sakushi is just nuts because it's like she just goes so hard in every match. And it's like you get like, okay, I need a transitional move. I know, shoot headbutt. Like just she's the last wrestler I'd ever want to wrestle, but she's so much fun to watch because she's just always go, go, go. Destroy my opponent and myself in every way possible. You know, she. I think Sakushi would fit in the dumb jock wrestler category. Uh, it yes, she <laughs> she may. I never really, uh, I never thought about it, and it's always harder um, with uh, wrestlers that aren't native English speakers because I do not uh, speak or well, I speak a little Jap- Japanese, but I don't read any Japanese, uh, so it's a little hard to you know tell the personality. But she does sort of have. I think she may be a little bit too, she has sort of um, like a uh, devilish side. Yes. She's like if Abushi was always in murder mode. <laughs> like that's what I always think of Sukushi. She's just stuck in that and she's just going to destroy everything in her path. Yeah. And I wish that, you know, it's one of these things where Ice Ribbon is very sort of self. Now they're sending some people to CMLL. Um, coming up, which is sort of the way CMLL is going is a little bit of um, nothing. Yeah. That <laughs> ship seems to be like every time I look, I'm like, oh, I wonder what's happening with CMLL. And it's like 10 bad things have happened. Like I looked at Twitter yesterday for one second and it was like Ultimo Guerrero went in the crowd um, to fight a celebrity, but oh, the, the, the cameraman didn't have the rights to air the celebrity's face on TV. So they had to just shoot an empty ring while Ultimo Guerrero like shot his own angle in the crowd with some celebrity. I'm like, wow, CMLL. Every time I look, something weird is happening. Yeah, no, initially when you said they're somewhere going to CMLL, I'm like, that's cool. And then I thought about it for half a second and was like, oh, okay, no, maybe not. And it's like, you'd love to get them. I don't know, just a wider, you know, ice ribbon is so good. You like to bring people to ice ribbon, but also a way to do that would be to get some of these people out. You know, I always say now we have the AEW connection, although there's so many, you know, this, 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 I mean, Sakura is there, you know, and there's all this political things, but I mean, some of these, some of these wrestlers, I mean, especially sort of higher up, you know, someone like uh, Maya Yukihi, Risa Sarah, uh, Rina Yamashita, you know, Tekla, I think um, really a lot of these people at the top end of the card, I think would fit sort of their presentation style really well. Yeah. You know, it's sort of the serious, you know, not totally serious because obviously ice ribbon can do sort of wacky things as we saw with the Aja Kong match, but it sort of is a more leaning serious, you know, these are wrestlers, you know, first they're willing to do things. They have these hardcore matches and things like that. So it really strikes me as sort of a similar sort of vibe to what AEW can do. So I wish some of these wrestlers could come over and sort of hopefully draw some eyeballs to ice ribbon. Um, but until that happens, I'll continue to just say Sakushi is one of the best yep. uh, wrestlers in the world. 
And, you know, the people who watch the promotion, most of them will agree with me. And the people who don't will be uh, sadly ignorant of what they're missing. 100% agreed. The next match, another title match, was the Fantast Ice title match, which was a chain attack only hardcore match between Rina, the champion, Rina Yamashita, and Tekla. Rina Yamashita defeating Tekla in 12-53. Uh, this was an interesting one. Kelly, what did you think of this match? I have in my notes here that I feel like the match was more interesting than it was good. And I liked the match, I will say that. But I feel like it was just more interesting to watch them figure out different ways to use the chains in the match. Because like when you say chain match at first, I'm like, okay, cool, they're going to be attached. And then there's just a whole bunch of random chain links on the ground. <laughs> and they're like, okay, what if we throw them in a pile? Okay, uh, what if we just like wrap our arms in them and like wrap our feet up and... Let me put you in a submission with this one. Like it, it was, it was fun kind of watching them figure out how to do the match almost as it went, and the stipulation of you could only win with some sort of chain involvement was interesting too. Because there was like one or two times where someone went for a roll up and the ref went to go count it, and he's like, "Oh nope, you didn't use the chain. Can't count this one." Yeah, I thought this. I thought it was sort of an odd stipulation it's not my favorite stipulation i thought that they sort of worked well within the confines of this you know chain match but when i hear like chain match it's sort of i it's think it's this. one of those stipulations where it's a it's a stipulation where you think oh that's hard you know using a chain that's hardcore that's going to be crazy but i think in ways it sort of holds the match back because there isn't really any there isn't a ton of build to it. It's like, I'm attacking you with a chain. And later in the match, I'm also attacking you with a chain. It's it's sort of like ta- a tables match where it's like, you have to put your opponent through the table, which sounds like, oh, that's going to be crazy. Someone's going to go through a table. And then you realize that most of the match is going to be people not going through tables. <laughs> um, so it was just, a. I thought it was well worked, but I just thought it was a, I think they probably have a better match in them with a slightly different stipulation where they could sort of go bigger. Obviously, Yamashita is more than capable of doing that. And I think Tekla has been a low-key, you know, maybe not MVP, but has been very important for this promotion, constantly challenging for titles, having these good matches. She had a great match with uh, Sakushi earlier this year. I was sort of, I was not surprised to see her lose this match, but I was sort of bummed. I would love to see her sort of win a title because I think that she's had a very strong year. Uh, She does have the WUW title, uh, which is hers, but would love to see her sort of win one of these big challenges because she's gotten a lot and she hasn't come out victorious. So overall sort of solid, but especially in terms of the other you know, fantastic ice title matches. And of course all the Suzu Suzuki sort of hardcore matches, which are sort of in this like ice ribbon, hardcore category. It, it wouldn't have been near the top for me. Yeah, no, it was, it was a real weird match. It really felt like the kind of match where it was in someone's like EFED or something. And they challenged someone else. Like, all right, let's see what you can do with this stipulation. 
Yeah, it's just a stipulate. Yeah, it's. I think I agree. It's just a stipulation that seems like ah, there's not really much we can do here. I mean, the Splash Mountain on the chain at the end, which was the finish, looked great, but it was sort of like I've also seen many other things with the chain in this match that were fairly cool, but they're all with the chain and they're all sort of like oh, okay, it's a chain, you know. Yeah. A pile of chains. Uh, the semi-main event, another title match, the International Ribbon Tag Team title match, Azure Revolution, Maya Yukihi, and Risa Sara defeating their rebel and, and enemy stablemates, Micah Ozaki and Ram Kaichow in 1745. Kelly, what did you think of this match? I like this a lot. It was a really good semi-main. Uh, I went three and three quarters on it. Uh, one thing that really stuck out to me in the early going is like how much the giant swing has become a big part of Risa Sarah's offense to the point where like she went for the uh, crab and you could see it. she almost teased that she was going for the swing and you kind of almost heard the crowd go like, oh, and then she went for the crab. And like it's it's fun how much that's become like a real big part of her because she's got a real good big like, giant swing. Like she looks like she is almost going to throw people out of the ring with it. Yeah, and she's got, I mean, the giant swing, but also I think she's got great offense. I think she's one of the sort of unsung uh, heroes of of the promotion. I totally. thought that this match was pretty pretty good. I think I was a little bit lower than you. I probably would have gone three and a half because I think the finish didn't quite get to sort of the level that I thought it was capable of. They sort of picked it up and I was like, oh, this is getting pretty good, but it never really got to that sort of next level for me, especially considering um, the talent in it. I thought there were some issues with some things with um, Maiko Ozaki, who I think is really good, but had some, uh, you know, minor struggles here. I think Um, she might've gotten her bell wrong at one point in the match. Cause there was a bit where they'd like, where uh, as your revolution do like the double knee drops onto her and Yukihi's knee like connected directly with uh, Ozaki's forehead. So my guess is she got her bell wrong. Oh yeah. And that could be, and I, and again, it wasn't major, you know, it wasn't like match stopping, like, Oh my God, what did yeah. they do? But it was sort of things where it was like, ah, as you're like ramping up, you sort of want, you know, it's like, we're, we're picking up speed and you want things to be smooth. And there were a couple of things where I was like, mm, not exactly smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, there was a bit where it was, it kind of was just, it wasn't clicking right. But again, I went three and a half, so I was only a little bit behind you. I still think a solid match, a so, you know, solid main of main semi main event, I should say um, as well. So overall, you know, before the main event, a solid, solid show. And as I said in the beginning, I think I was a little bit higher on the IWGQ title match than you. So I think that that really helped me in the, um, undercard, I was like, oh yeah, this is a, this is a pretty, um, solid show. And then of course we had the main event, the ice infinity title match, uh, Tsukasa Fujimoto defending against Ibuki Hoshi, uh, and emerging victorious in 21 minutes and three seconds. I know I have a lot to say about this match. Kelly, what do you think? Hell yeah, this was awesome. I love a good just chop battle, and these two went for it and beat the hell out of each other. Like, both of their chests were beat up, but Fujimoto's just looked 
so red and it looked like it hurt so bad. Uh, I actually bit on a bunch of the near falls. I really kind of thought for a bit that Hoshi was going to pull this one out. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was real confused for a sec when Hoshi was ripping uh, Fujimoto's top off to chop her more. And like to the point where it looked like the referee and everyone else was pretty confused by it too. <laughs> like they gave the ref a shirt just in case something happened. But yeah, I yeah, went four uh, and a half. I I loved it. Yeah, I was exactly the same. I went four and a half. I also thought, I don't know, speaking of, we talked about the video file earlier. They had the moment when they rolled out of the ring. Yes, it just went dark. Like, That's right. Okay. I couldn't tell if it was that the, like, Cork and Hall had gone dark or they, like, cut the feed because I was still hearing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what's going on? Did they like lose the feed? Or I'm like, is something happen? Like, is something happening where they're like, we can't show this? But then they cut back and it seemed like nothing really had happened. It all really that much. seemed like everyone thought that, oh, she started shooting on <laughs> Fujimoto and tried to rip her clothes off. It And it was the same thing where it happened. And then I was like, wait, what's going on? And then the ref came up with the other shirt and which was thrown into the crowd. And I was like, wow, what is happening? <laughs> but I, I agree. Fujimoto's chest near the end looked like she had a big sunburn, like a really yeah. bad sunburn on her chest. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And I will say as someone who has come on this podcast and talked about, I'm like, oh, back and forth, you know, strike battles or overused, you know, they're not my thing. I thought that this was great. And just, if you look at the difference between this, especially because they did it so much. Yeah. When, when it's like the main of, yeah. focal point of the match, rather than like, ah, eh, it's just a thing we put in the middle because this is what we do. But also the difference between like, we're going to do elbows and it's going to be like elbow. And then you have to be like, oh, oh like, oh, I'm losing my balance. So like, it's like strike, wait, 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 strike. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Like this one was like chop, 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 you know, back, forth, back, forth. I mean, I think also even the way Hoshi throws her chops, I think looked really good. Yeah. Um, it really looks like she puts her all behind it. I mean, she's swinging both her arms to do it. I was like, this looks great. Um, I think it's told a, you know, a fun story of sort of Hoshi using these chops to sort of take Fujimoto off her game, but Fujimoto still sort of winning, you know, there were the couple of near falls, but I think Fujimoto still winning sort of decisively, uh, with the ocean, uh, cyclone suplex. So I, as I said, I went four and a half. There was a time earlier in the year when Fujimoto had just gotten the title when, she was having all these title matches and like everyone, I was like, this one is good. This one is good. This one is good. And I was like, Fujimoto is just going to have good title matches all year and like be a runaway, like wrestler of the year in Joshi. The middle of the year, some of the, some of her title matches have not sort of gotten to that level for me, but this one was one that was right back up there with like, yes, these are the good title matches she was having at the beginning of the year. I thought this one was great. Um, I mean, clearly four and a half stars. So a great cap to the show that really um, obviously helped by the main event, I thought was a really great show. 
Yeah, it was a really fun show. Like, that's the thing I, I really like about Ice Ribbon is I can watch their shows and all the way through, it's good. Like, there's no point where I'm just like, oh, it's this person or like, all right, this one's going to be a stinker. Like, everything's good at, at minimum. So I was very happy with this show. And yeah, that main event is awesome. Definitely seek it out if you know how Nico works. <laughs> or if you can yeah, find a way around Nico. Yeah. <laughs> it's on Nico, I think, until the twenty September 25th. So you can still buy the on-demand um, video of it, whatever they call it. Um, but yeah, definitely worth checking out, um, especially if you're a fan of Ice Ribbon. I mean, I think I like Ice Ribbon so much because I've talked about on the show in the last few weeks a number of times about that I am someone who really likes... I'm really into variety, you know, and Ice Ribbon to me, it's the promotion that has the most variety within their own shows, you know, not just from show to show, but looking at this card, you have the IWGQ title match, which was sort of a little bit high, high speed uh, counters and things. Then the next one is a hardcore chain match, then a tag match. And then you sort of have the big, hitting hard hitting main event like four very different sort of styles of match all big title matches all feel very different to me in my mind which i think is really great yeah and they're not afraid of like just fucking nonsense either like at every couple of months there's an ice ribbon match or i'll watch it and it'll be like someone talking for 20 minutes and then they go and try and hit a pinata and whoever eats the cake out of the pinata first wins. And I go to you, I'm like, what the hell just happened? And you're like, I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> but also that they're sort of nonsense. Like last year with the Suzu story, the whole, you know, and Fujimoto like running around trying to find her and, you know, she was leaving these notes and yes. it's like, there is an element of sort of wackiness to that, but then it can all of a sudden turn into this very sort of smart, like the whole thing was like, where is she? What is she doing? It's like she's trying to she's off trying to figure out a counter to this move that beats everyone. I'm like, that's a smart story to tell, sort of separate from the wackiness of like, I have a move that's really good. People can't seem to defend it or can't kick out of it. And I am someone who's going to face you and I need to figure out a way to it's sort of an underused story. Now, of course, you can't use it for every match, but. It's, I feel like it's an underused story, but it's very smart. So there is an element of smartness, even in this, even in the more wacky, you know, some things are totally off the, you know. Oh, yeah. Off the reservation. They're like, oh, we have hot dog. You know, we're yeah, bringing like the, in hot dogs. It, the 48 hour long baseball match or whatever the hell that yeah. was last summer. <laughs> but a lot of things can sort of split that thing between, oh, some of this is wacky, but some of it also is very smart and it's, you know, well thought out and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The the booking for this company is excellent. Like, am I safe to assume that's Fujimoto? I think it is. That's that's what I've always heard. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's more. I don't know if it's more than her. Booker if of it's the like year. some sort of some sort of committee. Um, but that is, that's what I've always understood. Yeah, no, whoever's doing it is great. Like they well plot out stories, just awesome stuff. And like you said, great variety on the cards. Like I, I love a good big ice ribbon show. 
Well, that is our uh, glowing review of Ice Ribbon. And now we move on to, as we've done the past few episodes, uh, we are in the home stretch of the five-star Grand Prix. A lot of matches, a lot of shows happening recently in stardom. Lots of five-star Grand Prix matches. They had their cork in. On the 6th, that happened the day that our last episode dropped, so we didn't get to cover that. Then they also had shows on the 11th, the 12th, the 16th, and one that just happened recently this weekend on the 18th. Um, Won't go through all the results um, of those matches, uh, but the uh, main events, Himika defeating Momo Watanabe on the 11th, uh, Saya Kamatani defeating Micah on the 12th. Suri defeating Tom Nakino on the 16th. And on the 18th, Starlight Kid defeating Himika. Um, a lot of interesting, fun matches up and down these cards. As I said, there's a lot to cover, so we won't go too in-depth on these. Um, but a lot going on, and we are going to uh, do a deep dive into the standings and... Um, what is coming up is they have three final uh, five-star Grand Prix shows coming up this week. So that will all be in our upcoming shows. Um, but before we get to the rest of Joshi, this episode of Jumping Bomb Audio is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You know, HelloFresh, it's very easy to order. They have very good flexibility. You can customize your order. They have an app, and you can do it within minutes. You can change what day you get your food, what kind of food preferences you have, how much food you want, or if you need, you can skip a week whenever you need to. And coming up, very exciting. I know here in New York, where I am, starting to feel a little like fall. It's getting a little colder. The sun is going down uh, a little bit earlier every day. And the fall harvest is officially on with HelloFresh. Count on seasonal recipes like pumpkin cinnamon rolls and Friendsgiving ready sides, as well as fresh, high-quality ingredients that travel from the farm to your front door in less than a week. So you're getting great quality, fresh food from HelloFresh. I know for me, HelloFresh is very helpful. I don't consider myself a cook, um, not very good at things like that, but HelloFresh is great. They give you exactly what you need. They give you very easy to follow recipes and it's easy to make. It makes me feel like a chef, even though um, I am not super talented in that department. So if you are a little bit scared about cooking, HelloFresh is the perfect thing for you. And we have a great offer. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW14 and use code VOW14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash VOW14 and use code 
VOW14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That is HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Taylor, where do you fall on uh, pumpkin stuff? Are you a pumpkin guy? I am a pumpkin guy. I like uh, I like pumpkin. I'm not a huge pumpkin pie guy. Like if you were like you could have any sort of pie um, that you want, I would probably choose apple pie. Yeah, I even like a good cherry pie, but I do like pumpkin pie. But I like pumpkin. Um, I don't drink coffee really ever, but I have occasionally uh, gotten a very cliche pumpkin spice latte. Um, from time to time. So I like pumpkin. Do you, do you like pumpkin? I do. Is this a leading I, question? No, okay. I, do, I do like pumpkin, but I also like that there is like a driving force this year to bring apple to the forefront because I do love apple flavored stuff. And this time of year is perfect for apple things. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that, but like, hell, give, give me both. I'm hardcore. I'll take them both. Give me apple. Give me I pumpkin. Did. Let's go. I did just stop by the grocery store on Friday and I got some apple. They had apple cider at the grocery store. So I grabbed some apple cider. I'm very excited. Had a little bit this weekend, but excited to have more because I'm a big, I'm a big apple cider guy. Oh yeah. Apple cider rules. I'm also just realizing today was, or this week is not the week to be quoting Tommy Dreamer, but uh, too late. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least I'm not talking about ponytails or some shit. Either way, pumpkins, apples, they're all good. The fall is here almost. Yes, this podcast is decidedly pro-pumpkin and pro-apple. Yep. You can be both. It's okay. So coming up over the next two weeks, the first thing is once again with Stardom, we have a show that will have aired by the time this podcast comes out, but has not aired quite yet. That's a show on uh, tomorrow, the 20th, which will be today when you listen to this. That has six matches, uh, six five-star matches, I should say. Mayu Iwatani and Saki Kashima, Momo Watanabe against Starlight Kid, Koguma against Fukigen Death, Utami against Takumi Aroha. Suri against Ruaka and Konami against Azumi. Kelly, any of those matches stick out to you? Uh, Konami versus Azumi really stands out. That should be cool. Um, and then Momo versus Starlight Kid should be really good too. And then of course Utami versus. I keep looking like, okay, no, this is the best one. Oh wait, no, 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 this one's better. Like Utami versus Aroha should be awesome too. That's a good line. And a lot of, <clears throat> and a lot of high stakes. We'll talk about the standings. Uh, in a few minutes, but a lot of high stakes matches here in terms of points, finishes, um, some people high up on the cards, or I should say high up in the points here, uh, Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid currently in the uh, top two, or sort of top four, I should say, in their block. Um, Mayu Iwatani, Apai, Utami, and Aroha. Big contenders, Shuri. So lots that can be uh, changed in the standings here with some of these matches. Of course, the closer you get to the end, the more clear it sort of becomes as people win, uh, win, lose, or draw their matches, who sort of has the chance going into that 
uh, Big Last Day, which is on the 25th. Remember a few weeks ago when I was like, oh, what, what's with this weird schedule? There's these shows with like two or three matches and then all those shows got canceled and all those matches got moved to these shows. And now there's a billion matches every show and there's so much and I'm so overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, a, you know, it was a smart strategy to spread them out. And unfortunately, you know, in the weird world we're currently living in, uh, you know, they got caught out. It was, you know, well spread out. It's good that they have the ability to sort of move this stuff around. It's not, you know, to me personally, I don't blame anyone for this. It's not ideal to have so many, you know, matches on these cards as we've talked about. But, you know, they've sort of done the best with the hand that they were dealt, unfortunately. So, yeah, you know, no, can't totally, really like, can't really blame anyone. Yeah, they... On the plan, looking back, the planning was kind of great because it's like, all right, we have all these buffer shows in case something goes wrong. Like that was really smart. Which may have been exactly why they planned it the way they did, saying, "Hey, there's a good chance that something, you know, especially with Aroha coming from, you know, Marvelous, you don't really know what's going to happen there." So, you know, smartly, you know, if that is what they did, that was a obviously a smart decision because it has paid off in the way that this has played out. Yeah. Or it was just Rossi's magic sheep bones that he scattered across the calendar and just gave him the right numbers. Yes, it could, it could always be, it can always be that. Uh, also happening in the last two weeks, not a ton going on. Oz Academy had another show on September 12th. You defeated Sayori Ano to become the number one contender for the Oz Openweight title. That was the big match coming out of uh, that show. Tokyo Joshi had some smaller shows, but Miyu Yamashita defeated Yuki Aino on September 11th in a singles match main event. Uh, The story, as we talked about in the previous episode, is Aino had pinned Yamashita in a tag match. Uh, Maki Ito had talked about wanting to face Yamashita at her full strength. Um, so this a little bit of a continuation of that story of Yamashita getting that win back on Aino as we get closer to uh, Wrestle Princess, which uh, will be coming up in the next few weeks. Um, Sendai Girls had a show on September 12th, as did Diana had a show at their dojo with a Ayako Sato against Haruka Umasaki main event. Uh, Actress Girls had a show on September 11th as well. Saki defending her colors title successfully against Momokogo and Rina Amakura. And Pure J, the new tag team champions, Cherry and Leon, successfully defended their tag titles against Kaori Yonayama and Kazuki. So that is everything that has been going on the last two weeks. Obviously dominated the news cycle is the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix. And they will continue to do that for at least another week as they have the show on the 20th, a show on the 23rd, and then the big final show on September 25th at Ottawa Gymnasium. The 23rd has only three five-star matches, Koguma against Mina Shirakawa, Himika against Saki Kashima, and Utami against Ruaka. The 25th, a loaded, 
Loaded, loaded show. Saki Kashima against Fukigen Death. Natsupoi against Mina Shirakawa. Koguma against Himika. Mayu Iwatani against Starlight Kid. Azumi against Ruaka. Unagi Saika against Saya Kamatani. Mika against Konami. Utami against Tom Nakano. Shuri against Takumi Aroha. And then to cap it off, the winner of the blue block will face off against the winner of the red block in the main event to determine the winner of the five-star Grand Prix. The current standings, as they are right now, again, before the September 20th show, in the Red Stars block, at the top with 10 points, Momo Watanabe, three people tied with nine points, Starlight Kid, Mayu Iwatani, and Natsupoi, Koguma is at seven points. Himika, Julia, and Fukigen Death at six points. One thing we didn't talk about, Julia out with an injury. She will be forfeiting the rest of her matches. So uh, my bold prediction that Julia would be winning the five-star Grand Prix last episode looks very stupid. <laughs> I mean, now, now it'll be even even bigger surprise if it happens. Yeah, that's right. Although looking at the way that these cards are set up and laid out, I would not have been surprised because I believe on the 25th show, the original planned match was going to be Julia against Momo Watanabe. So I would not have been surprised if Julia would have been a big factor, at least until the last day, and maybe beat Momo to win the block. As I just said, Momo currently in the lead of the block. Um, so I'm going to stick to that. No one can prove me wrong because we'll never know what would have happened had she <laughs> stayed healthy. Uh, and at the bottom of that block, four points, Mina Shirakawa and Saki Kashima down at two points. In the Blue Stars standings, Saya Kamatani at the top of the block with 11 points, Konami at 10, Takumiya Rohan Siri at 9, Tom Nakino at 8, Utami and Micah and Unagi Saika at seven. Azumi all the way down at four points. And poor Ruaka, the only person in the entire tournament to have scored zero points. So, Kelly, you predicted, I believe, last time that it would some this would somehow come out that Siri would be the next challenger. Um, do you still stand by that? Looking at these standings, looking at what's coming up, have your thoughts changed? What do you think? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that's the plan. I don't know how you get there from these standings, though. Because my guess is that in. Blue stars, it's going to come down to on the 25th. That the Utami versus Tom match is going to decide the block somehow i know i don't know if you can get there mathematically man i'm sure you can but i don't know um so that's my guess red block i think momo has to win at this point because she's no she's gonna be at 12 points on that final night no matter what happens on the uh show tomorrow because she's getting those two points from the Julia match that was supposed to happen. So, like, I I don't know if anyone would catch her, though. Starlight Kid, maybe? 
if you have Starlight Kid win the match tomorrow, and then, well, she wouldn't tie with Momo. Yeah, yeah I think Momo yeah, comes now, out of the red block. Yeah, I'm also looking at it now, and I'm like, okay, the 25th, probably the the match you have lined up for the winner, you're, you're not going to sell the show based on it because people aren't going to know who it is until it happens. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like looking at the matches being like, okay, what would matches that would draw? But I'm like, that's sort of out the window because the people will already be in the building. Like I was like, oh, you could do a Mayu. Cause if Mayu wins on the 20th, she's at 11 points. And then if she beats Starlight kid, because that would also be the storyline of, you know, Mayu had the one versus five match. She wanted Starlight Kid back. Starlight Kid was like, no, I won't come back. And this is the moment of like, Mayu beats Starlight Kid, keeps her out of the finals, goes to the final finals herself. And that's sort of the triumphant baby face. Like, she did it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Moment. I also think you can beat Mayu in the finals with a lot of people. Like, would they do a Roja? Iwatani and then do a Roja Utami at um, Osaka Joe Hall? Maybe. Because they they have been booking a Roja strong. Like she, and she's always booked pretty high up on the card. Like they, they treat her like she's a drawing star for them. So like that wouldn't surprise me if they go that route. Yeah, but they have Utami against Aroha at on the 20th show. And I'm like, I oh, guess they right. could go to yeah. a time limit draw. Yeah. Because that would get Aroha to 10 points. And then Aroha beats Shuri. And Sayaka Matani gets upset by Unagi Sayaka on the last day. And that's sort of Sayaka's nice send off you know she isn't doing she's at seven points so she's not totally out of yeah, it she's but not that doing would bad. be her sort of nice like because obviously as we've seen from the booking they really like Sayaka so I could see you know then you have the story of like Kamatani did really well 11 points but didn't quite make it Sayaka started out hot sort of fell off a little bit but then got it back at the end and then I guess you could do you could do a Roha. I guess you could do it twice if you yeah. do a time limit draw. But does a time limit if you do a time limit draw, aren't you like, oh yeah, a Roha's winning? Why would why else would they have done a time? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's exciting that there are so many people who are sort of still in this going into the final, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing I mean like, really Red Star is what really screws it up now is Momo being at 12 points no matter what. Right. Well, and I think, like I said, I think I'm right about that Julia Momo match the last day being the big, like Momo's at a lot of points. Julia's right behind her. Maybe they're tied or something, or maybe Julia's slightly ahead or whatever. But that being a big thing, but... I just don't, you know, to me, I don't see Starlight Kid going to the finals unless she's going to win it. And I just don't know that I... I think it's too early. Yes. Like, it's like, okay, Starlight Kid goes through. Who does she face that she then would have to beat? 
And I don't know if it's I don't wouldn't be a Tommy, probably. Yeah. I don't know if you're doing that with a Roha like Konami. Is that really, you know? I don't know. I'm sort of uh, I'm up in the air on this one. Yeah. I mean, if you it would be intri- it be, would be kind of funny to have the two block leaders are both from Wado Tai and also the two at the bottom from each block are Wado Tai. <laughs> well, it looks like the bottom of the blocks are going to be Wado Tai. That yeah. seems pretty secure. Unless Saki Kashima beats Mayu Iwatani, which as we've seen can happen cuz Saki Kashima can seemingly pull out a win. Uh, at the most unexpected times. <laughs> so, but that is uh, on the next show. I'm sure we will be covering the the big Oda Award show. That will be the big show. That show is going to be um, on the usual Stardom uh, pay-per-view. And then I'm sure it will be put on uh, Stardom World a few days after it, ha- as it has been in the past. Um, also, Stardom has two shows on... Uh, October 2nd and October 3rd, those will be the first post five-star shows. They will be the shows right before the Osaka Joe Hall show. Nothing announced for those shows, obviously, because there's still a lot to sort out with the five-star stuff, but that may, those shows may give us the direction of some of those matches. Um, and we will be previewing that big Osaka Joe show on the next episode. And if you're so, uh, listening to this and it's directly after the uh, 920 show and you know exactly what's going to happen, yes, we know. We're big, dumb, and stupid. All right, fine. <laughs> you you know Our, the future. Haha, ha, good for you. I already got it out of the way being so wrong about Julia last week. So yeah. now I'm, I'm playing with house money because I'm like, well, <laughs> there went my smart prediction that no one will ever, no one can ever tell me that isn't what was going to happen. Exactly. No, you ca- you kind of lucked out that way. Yeah, but uh, not the only things happening. Those shows, not the only things happening in Joshi. Seedling has a big show coming up on the in a few days on the twenty second uh, with a Beyond the Sea title match and tag title match. Uh, Asuka and Makoto taking on Nanai Takahashi and Hiroyo Matsumoto for the tag titles. And Ryo Mizunami taking on you for the Beyond the Sea title. Also on that show, Rina Yamashita and Arisa Nakajima teaming up to face Hanako Nakamori and Tsukasa Fujimoto. So best friends uh, explodes in a way here. And Riko Kawahata and Yumika Hoda team up to take on Ayame Sasamura. And Rico Kaiju. So that should be a really fun show, a big uh, show with two title matches for Seedling. Yu has returned to the Joshi scene and is taking it by storm with now a Oz title match coming up, a Beyond the Sea title match. So keeping very busy. Was she hurt? Or... Yeah, she like was it's... injured. I don't remember what her in- her exact injury was, but she was injured because she was often used sort of in this position uh, before I was actually uh, talking on Twitter, it was sort of like she got injured and Itsuki Aoki sort of filled in her position of like the person who seemingly comes in everywhere and gets title shots everywhere <laughs> um, and doesn't necessarily win, but it's like, oh, we need a, some sort of like holdover challenger. And I felt like for a long time it was like, it's you. Um, 
and then she got injured and then it was Aoki and now you's back and it's you again <laughs> um, getting these title matches. I don't think um, she's going to win the Beyond the Sea title. I think that's going to remain with Mizunami at least for a little bit longer until maybe she has to go back to uh, AEW or wants to go back to AEW. Um, so, yeah, yeah, but she was out. I think she was out for quite a while. Um, yeah, like, in all honesty, exactly I kind of forgot about her, and then you, I suddenly see her start popping up. It's like, oh, yeah, you. She's a pro wrestling Eve superstar, you. <laughs> um, I think that's her I think that's her build home promotion is pro wrestling I think Eve. so, yeah. Um, which is always funny to me. Uh, stay out of England. Nothing good happens there. Uh, <laughs> wrestling wise, wrestling wise, don't people don't get mad at me. Uh, anyway, also Tokyo Joshi has two small shows on September 20th and 22nd as they build towards Wrestle Princess. Uh, Sendai Girls has a show on the 20th, which will have happened by the time this airs with a tag title match in the main event, the champions Rin Katakura and Mio Momono against Mika Iwata and Manami. That should be a fun match. Uh, Actress Girls also has a tag title match on their September 25th show. Kakaru Sakaguchi and Miku Aono against the Momos, Momotani and Momokogo. And Diana has a show, not a dojo show, but a show at Yokohama Radiant Hall. Uh, the big match that sticks out to me, at least, is uh, Haruka Umasaki against Mei Saruga. Uh, that should be a very fun match. Two very similar style wrestlers. Uh, Marvelous has a show on September 22nd as they continue to move into this new phase of Marvelous with some of their talent having left a few weeks ago. Have they uh, said wave what and this Mar- new thing is yet? Or, or are we still waiting on the announcement of their newness i don't know that they have if they did i didn't see it it would have had to come on you know they would have had to announce it at the show and i didn't see it on twitter okay um but it may have happened i know that they were supposed to have an um uh triple aw title match between chihiro hashimoto and takumi aroha on october 1st which was postponed um And in the announcement where they said it was postponed, they talked about, oh, we're still working on this sort of new marvelous system or whatever they're calling it. So they still may sort of be thinking about what's going to happen moving forward. I hope that match happens because I was very excited for that match. Yeah, that uh, match sounds awesome. With the big new titles and, of course, two of the two of the best workers uh, in Joshi. So hopefully that match happens sooner rather than later. Um, and then the last thing, Marvelous and Wave are teaming up on October 1st for Tommy, the referee's uh, 40th anniversary show. So that should be fun. Tommy, uh, a beloved part of the Joshi scene. For, is that AEW star Tommy? It is AEW star Tommy, who was the ref for the AEW Women's International. What was it called? Women's Tournament. Something like that. Yeah, sure. I think international women's tournament sounds better than whatever they call it. Uh, and I'm sticking by that, but that is everything that is happening in the next two weeks. The big thing for our next episode will be of course that big stardom five-star grand prix show at Oda Ward on September 25th. That will wrap up our many, many weeks 
of five star Grand Prix coverage. So Kelly, is there anything we didn't cover? Uh nothing springs to mind. You know, it outside of the billions and billions of star matches, it feels like it's been kind of light lately. But you know, yeah, what? I think some prom- and some promotions, I think choosing to maybe, you know, as the summer comes to an end, uh, choosing to slow down a bit, and with all these five star Grand Prix shows, maybe choosing to take it light. But I will say, I know that coming up next episode, we will be previewing the big Osaka Joe show for Stardom. We'll be previewing Wrestle Princess too. So coming up pretty soon in October, we're going to have a lot of big. Big, big shows to talk about. Yeah, and like you said, we'll have a bigger breakdown of that uh, Tokyo Joshi card, but it came out the other day, and it looks pretty good. I'm excited. They have been they have been pretty uh, pretty good, especially with bigger shows at, at really stacking the cards and delivering. They've really delivered on every big show that they've had this year, so I expect nothing less from their, their biggest show of the year. I'm, I'm kind of worried about Tokyo Joshi. It, not because of them, but because they've announced like a new wrestle universe, and I'm like, I I finally got the new update you guys made. It now works perfectly for me. I never worry about buffering or anything. Don't screw it up, please. Do not change the website again. <laughs> it works. That that's interesting because when I first got uh, wrestle universe, when it was pretty much just DDT, I had buffering issues like on every show I watched. And that was back when I used to watch like every DDT show. Yeah. Every DDT show had buffering problems to the point where I was like, this is just going to be my life that I just have buffering problems forever. And then seemingly they just went away and I've never had an issue with the site since then. So it's interesting to hear that now you have buffering problems. Well, no, now I don't, which is good. Like they, but I'm worried if they change it, then I will. <laughs> Cause they, once well, they got those we'll only... new video players in, it was like, Oh my God, everything works perfect. Holy shit. Please never change. We're changing. Uh, no. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll only get better and not, yes. wor- you know, moving forward and not backwards. <laughs> Like, all right, guys, everything's on Nico Pro now. We've given up on Wrestle Universe. <laughs> oh, gosh, please. Don't put that out in the universe. Uh, wow, what a way to end the episode. Uh, Welcome to the Twilight my, Zone. Yes. My name is Taylor. For Kelly, this has been another episode of Jumping Bomb Audio, and we will see you again in two weeks. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc